never leave me. No matter where I go. Everybody with a lot of voice. I have a father. One more time. Well, 
amongst us this morning amen and if you have a request if you have a, a, a desire in your heart i can promise you that he will be in a position to fulfill it amen above all power above all king above all nature and all creation One more time. Above all power, above all king, above all nature and all creativity, above all wisdom and all the ways of man, you will hear you. Crucified, crucified, 
service with a word of prayer wherever you are you can say a prayer after this song amen and let's just welcome the lord let's welcome the holy spirit in this place jehovah is your name jehovah is your name is your name Jehovah is your name. Is your name. You are the mighty warrior. You are great. Jehovah is 
your name. You are the mighty warrior. You are great in battle. Jehovah. Take us up. You are the mighty warrior. Jehovah is your name. Hallelujah. You are the mighty warrior. You are great in battle. Jehovah is your name. One more time. Take us out. You are the mighty warrior. You are great. You are Jehovah. Is your name of God? You are the mighty warrior. You are great. Jehovah. Thank you, dear God. We worship you this morning. Let's just say a prayer wherever you are. You can just pray in your special way. And at the end of it, I'm going to ask Pastor to come and open the service with a word of prayer. Amen.
welcome the pastor to come and open the service for us in prayer. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are your people this morning. How do we know that? 2,000 years ago, it was on Friday afternoon where you allowed yourself to come in subjection of humanity and went all the way to Golgotha and hung on the cross and died for our sins. The devil thought he had won. Death thought it had won. And Lord, your soul went down into the regions of the lost. Hell thought it had won. But right there, little did the devil know that we had gone down there to defy every power that he had. You took the keys of hell, grave and hell. And you began to ascend, dear God. And this on Sunday morning, 2,000 years ago, it was around 6 o'clock this morning when the women went down to the tomb. Lord, when they were on their way to the tomb, there was an angelic interruption. Angel said, why are you looking for the dead? Are they living amongst the dead? He has risen. Go and tell his disciples he will meet you at Galilee. The devil was defeated. Death was defeated. Hell was defeated. Diseases were defeated. Demons were defeated. Satan was defeated. Every spirit was defeated 2,000 years ago. This morning we are standing here because you bought us with the blood of Jesus Christ. We are thankful that you died for us, O God. And I'm glad I can stand here that there was a time when it was hopeless for a sinner. But this morning, because of the resurrection power, every sinner has an opportunity to defy their sinful condition and raise their hands to the maker and say, God, be merciful unto me, and you will be merciful unto them. We thank you for this beautiful day, for this commemoration of a great day in Christian history, O God. And we are not ashamed that all the founders of all various religions, as we are speaking right now, they are laying in the grave. But there is one that that defied the tomb. There is an empty tomb in Jerusalem. And the mighty conqueror defeated everything. And that is why we can say, Jehovah is your name. You are a mighty one in battle, dear God. We just want to thank you. For such a beautiful weekend, dear God. How we saw your spirit moving in the church. How we saw people being liberated. How people were blessed, oh God. We just want to thank you for those special blessings, oh God. And this morning, we just want to commit this service to you. May it be a very special service. And every man and woman that is in the building, let them say, this service is made for me. This service is made personally for me. God will speak to me in this service and I will not I'll listen attentively so that the Holy Spirit can minister to me. I know you have never disappointed 
There is a promise that you made, O oh God, that where two or three are gathered in your name, you said personally, you will be in their midst. And in the end time, you said the Lord himself shall descend. And here you are in the midst among the bright members, dear God. May you touch them, dear God. If there is somebody that is sick in the building on this day 2,000 years ago, oh God, you tempt into the eighth day, dear God. And I'm saying touch them and make them whole. Every disease, I don't care how impossible it is. I don't care what the doctor's report said. I don't care what the hospital or the specialist said. But I have got a heavenly report. I'm the Lord that God that healeth thee of all thy diseases. And this morning we've got a different report. Maybe somebody in the building is despondent, discouraged because of the pressures of life. But I'm standing here offering a prayer unto them. And say, God, may you be gracious to them. And I've got a report to them. They may have been told you by people that they will never make it. But there is a different report. They are the head, not the tail, oh God. They are the, the more, than, more than conquerors, dear God. I commit them to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, no matter what condition may be in the building, there is a name, a special name that was given to humanity. Where the Bible says, by that name, there is no other name that was given to the people below the heavens except that name, the name of Jesus Christ. And I say in the name of Jesus Christ, whatever conditions that may be there, we come against every condition in the name of Jesus Christ. We want to break every yoke in the name of Jesus Christ. We want to cast out every demon in the name of Jesus Christ. We want to set every man and woman free in the name of Jesus Christ. We want the people to have faith in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, we break the backbone of the David. In the name of Jesus Christ, your people are liberated. In the name of Jesus Christ, your people shall rapture. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for such a beautiful name. Reminds me when John was in the womb of Elizabeth. A stillborn baby. The mother had been wondering that the baby had not kicked. And was becoming nervous as to what was happening. And the baby was dead in the home. But when Mary visited Elizabeth. When Mary began to speak to Elizabeth. About the angelic visitation. And said as the angel told me. I shall have a child. And his name. His name shall be Jesus. The first time the human lips ever attached that name. A dead baby came back to life. And this morning, if there are dead areas in the life of your children, in the name of Jesus Christ, we speak life back into the dead bones. Every disease 
is healed. We receive Jesus. Your servant will come here this morning. You are going to use him as a vessel. Just, just make him to lose himself under the operation of the Holy Spirit. That the people may be touched. The people may be liberated as God will be moving in the congregation. We saw how you moved last night. And I know you will move this morning. Your people will be indeed testifying that God is alive. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We saw him in the service this morning. We commit everything, the laity, the officers, everybody to you. May there be such a, a sweet harmony amongst your people as we commit everybody to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Si 
You may be seated, saints. God bless you. Uh, Sister Cindy, if you can come to the fore. And then uh, Brother Grace. Sister Van Ruyen. I'm not on an ego trip. I'm nothing on my own. I've made mistakes and often slip. Just common flesh and bone. Someday, just what I say. I'm all a special kind. For when he was on the cross, oh, I was on his mind. A look of love was on his this morning, the morning of resurrection, which is also my birthday today. 
So uh, then I'm gonna request for two songs if possible. Thank you. Okay, the the first song is uh, is the song that I love. I, I sang it. I think it was the first song I ever sang in this church, the Antica, the Israel national anthem. I love the song. I'm just gonna say what it says in English before I sing, cause I'm gonna sing it in French. It says, uh, "As long as the Jews' spirit is yearning deep in the heart." With the eyes turned toward the east, looking toward Zion, then our hope, the two thousand years old hope, will not be lost. To be a free people in our land, the land of Zion and Jerusalem. That's what it says. <coughs> oh, si longtemps. Quand nos cœurs à la main juive et que nos cœurs dans nos cœurs Pas en vain, espérance bimillénaire d'être un peuple libre sur notre terre, le pays de Sion et Jérusalem. De peuple libre sur notre terre, le pays des Sions et Jérusalem. Source de vie, d'épée d'amour, toi je crie. La nuit, le jour, entends ma plainte, sois mon soutien, calme ma crainte, toi mon seul bien. Amen. Um, the second one, I'm going to sing it in French still. But it says, this world is not my own. I think you know the song. Ce monde ne passe moi. Je suis juste un passant. Et mes trésors s'entassent. Quelque part là au ciel. Les anges m'effont signe. Depuis la porte du ciel de moi. Je ne me sens jamais comme chez moi dans ce monde. Seigneur, tu sais, il y a plein d'amis comme toi. Si le ciel n'est pas chez moi, alors que ferai-je 
les anges m'effoncient depuis la porte du ciel. Je ne me sens jamais comme chez moi dans ce monde. Oh, ce monde ne pas chez moi. Je suis juste un passant. Mes trésors s'entassent quelque part là au ciel. Les anges m'effoncent signe depuis la porte du ciel. Je ne me sens jamais comme chez moi dans ces mondes. Seigneur, Seigneur, tu sais, il y a plein d'amis comme toi. Si le ciel n'est pas chez moi, alors que ferai-je Les anges m'effoncent depuis la porte du ciel. Et je ne me sens jamais comme chez moi dans ce monde. Wouh so that we can kill uh, two stones with one bed. Two beds with one stone.
Jesus shed for me.
say thanks for the things you've done for me. Oh, things so undeserved, yet you gave to prove your The voices of the million angels could express my gratitude, all that I have and all that I have to be.
Where the man is found, where 
such an awesome weekend yeah, an awesome Easter weekend uh, I'm really enjoying myself Amen. Um, I don't know how many are enjoying themselves but we are definitely having a great time uh, our precious brother Tinashe Mahere is back Amen so we we were spoiled the last time when he was here, so we thought we should just indulge ourselves again uh, in what God has deposited in him. Amen. Uh, I am told because we've got the outflowing area where kids are in the tent, when he mentioned about Skippy, uh, everyone was just looking at the speaker, I'm told, <laughs> in that other audience. Now, on our way home, uh, my sons were, were deliberating on Skippy. <laughs> and they were a little bit confused, uh, uh, Brother Tinashe, because they said, you know that at Brother Chetty's house there is Skippy. Because <laughs> Brother Chetty has a dog, and the name of the dog is Skippy. <laughs> and now... They, they, they were struggling to differentiate uh, the skippy that was spoken of here and the skippy at Brother Chetty's house. So I had to explain that, no, that skippy at Brother Chetty's house will go to heaven because Brother Brenham's dog went to heaven. This was just a bully at school. Amen. So, so I'm glad that uh, they are listening out there. Amen. And some of them and how he brought it, uh, it just made us to visualize our battle. Amen. And uh, we really, really uh, appreciate his time. He travels with his wife, and we really appreciate for them to make their way this side. Amen. And I really uh, love a man that travels with his wife. Uh, I'm very non-accommodative for a loan. Amen. 
So we really appreciate it because you said your wife is your permanent alibi. Yeah, if they said we saw Pastor Mahera under the tree, the wife can say, ah, we were at the mall at that time. Um, and the best protection that a man has in the end time is his wife. Amen. Uh, are we together, brothers? Yes. Hey, you need to go and do grocery with your wife. Amen. Mm, it's not being sissified. It shows that you are fatherly. Yes, it warrants the amen, that one. Isn't it so, sisters? Yes. yes. So that we see you in the aisle, it's spa, check us, you look at your wife, so that you must not, when you get to the house, and say, make me that dish, without knowing where we got, how we got, where we got the ingredients from. Be there when the ingredients are being sourced. Are we together? Yeah, because I uh, see individualism is becoming an enemy towards marriage. Amen. Sometimes it's good to catch up with your wife. Uh, I hate shopping. Uh, I would never go for a blood pressure assessment after shopping. It will certainly be high. Uh, but I've realized that for me to enjoy myself, uh, it's one of the things that I've got to do. Amen. And, and, and you know how I was, I'm not preaching. Amen. But I feel later that let's, let's do like that, brethren. Brothers, let's do like that. Amen. Yes, because we attend these things. The brother was almost shocked the other time when uh, the sister got me, called me to the house. And we said there was the problem. He says, he never, even once, went out shopping with me for grocery. I always go by myself. When I see other men with their wives shopping there, and I wonder, what is wrong with mine? <laughs> Amen. The family that prays together and shops together. <laughs> Amen. God bless you richly. Uh, Brother Maher is going to be such a blessing. We really thank God for a beautiful weekend. And the believers, you have made it a success. Uh, this, this is just a culmination of your prayers. It's because you were backing up this convention by your prayers, your presence, and even your finances. A church is a non-profit making organization. It survives based on the contribution of its members. Whatever we do is not because the pastor is clever or the trustees are clever. It's because there is a church that backs up the vision. And for that, on behalf of the leadership, I want to thank each and every one of you. You are making things very easier for us. And you deserve a round of applause. Amen. And, and uh, we thank God for the leadership. I always say, if, if the pastor does what he's supposed to do, or when the church does what he's supposed to do, and the pastor does what he's meant to do, and trustees do what they are meant to do, and deacons do what they are meant to do, then you have a healthy church. Amen. 
because everyone is at their post of duty. Hallelujah. For the benefit of the body. Amen. The convention is not here to elevate the pastor, massage the ego of the pastor. It's meant here because we are the servants of the people. Amen. And we really, really appreciate all of you for making it possible. And while Brother Mahera comes to the fore, he's a man of substance. He's a man of substance. Very sincere. Dedicated to the message. I've observed him for a number of years. And I am convinced of his calling. Amen. And uh, it's a matter of time. He's taking care of the church. It's, we should speak about the ordination. Amen. Is Brother Brian planning something? almost asked him when I saw him last week and said, when are we doing it Mfundis? But nonetheless, we'll, we'll leave it up to Brother Brian to do that, but in due course we should be able to do that. And it's good to see a, second, a third generation or is it a fourth generation of substance, substantive or, or ministers of substance. Amen. Then he tells you that the future is safe. The future of the message is in good hands. Amen. Heal your people. Heal the land as he comes to the fore. Would you allow him to take his time? Heal your people. Heal the land. There's still power. My soul is longing for sweet rest. Jerusalem, 
My soul is longing for sweet rest. Heal your people. and wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You love the Lord? Amen. How many are happy to be in the house of God? Amen. How many are happy that I am back? Amen. Amen. I, I want to make sure uh, apparently the majority is happy. So the prophet says if the minority is there they must repent and join the majority. Because the majority is the, is the Holy Ghost vote. Amen. Amen. We appreciate God so much. Uh, there is a prayer request here. The pastor just handed it to me. Uh, we request a prayer for traveling mercy, Sister Zaneli and Sister Lengiwe. Uh, uh, we'll, be, we'll be traveling uh, to Joburg and KZN. We pray that the Lord bless them and protect them and that the angel of the Lord go ahead of them. You know, there's many drunkards and reckless drivers on the highways these days and we want the children of God to be protected. Amen. And we're going to have a baptism for Sister Rifenzi after service. Uh, where is Sister Rifenzi sitting? Oh, there she is. Amen. Uh, this, this is one of the things that brings joy to us as ministers of the gospel. You know, it's not to see believers that, were, that repented somewhere and come to our churches and join in. We appreciate them. They are the ones that pay tithes. They know already this issue. But these ones, they are the crown of the ministry. Amen. Praise be to Jesus. So when we see people coming in through baptism, the church is growing. Amen. When we see people coming in through just by transfer, you know, the church is just expanding. Amen. But we appreciate God for growth. So if you are a believer and you are here, you must make it your duty every day to testify to somebody about the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Because I believe when we're going to be seated over on the other side, you know, you'd want stars on your throne. You'd want, and those stars are souls that you'd have brought in. And the prophet says at one point in time, I feel like I've not done much for the Lord. I've only brought in a million. And I, I, I say, Lord, he's, he's worried he's brought in a million. 
How many have I brought to you? Amen. So we must make it our duty, our goal to have a group of people that can point to you and say, Sister so-and-so brought me this message. Brother so-and-so brought this message to me. Amen. So we appreciate God so much. It's, it's, it's our joy to be here. Uh, the church really wanted to be with me in the morning. I was receiving messages while I was in the office there. Uh, you know, usually when I make trips that are within the country, I don't announce it, you know, lest some decide not to come to church because they love the pastor, you know. So I just disappear like that and I tell the people that's close to pray for me. So the other brother was saying, ah, pastor, you're not going to be in here. I brought a visitor and I wanted him to listen to you preach, you know. You know you're a blessing when people have confidence to say they can bring somebody that knows nothing about the message and they know if they can hear you preach, they will receive it. Amen. Amen. But I have confidence with the brother that's going to preach for us uh, that we've invited. Amen. Amen. I always travel with my wife, my dark and lovely. (laughs) Amen. She's always with me. Uh, But today, we also came with her sister. So what I will do is I'll ask her sister, Sister Eunice, to stand first so that you can see her. They look almost the same. Amen. So Sister Eunice, can you stand upon your feet so they can, the people in Vidbank can see you? She's my sheep in Benoni. Amen. Praise God. Sister Eunice is very single and praying. Amen. Amen. Uh, I will then ask my my wife to stand up on her feet so we can welcome her in the house of God. Amen. Praise be to Jesus. I'm only doing this for those that were not here on Friday. Amen. We appreciate God. Let's stand up on our feet. (laughs) We we want to thank thank Pastor Madiba for, for extending an invitation. Like I always say, he's, he's my elder brother. He's my friend. I confide in him in a lot of things. Uh, I feel so free-spirited with him. And we thank Sister Madiba for, for cooking for us Ocean Basket. It was wonderful. <laughs> Amen. Let us open our Bibles, if you, if you will. Uh, in the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 1. Uh, the book of Genesis is actually my, my, my favorite book in the Bible. The prophet says there's two books that the devil hates. is the book of Genesis and the book of Revelation. So you will understand that if you love the book of Revelation, you must love the book of Genesis. If you love the book of Genesis, you must love the book of Revelation. Because these two books, they speak one and the same thing. The other one is the seed. The other one is the harvest. Amen. Amen. So the book of Genesis, I, I love it. Some say Genesis. It depends which school you went to. Uh, I prefer saying Genesis. Amen. Uh, the book of Genesis chapter, chapter 1 verses 26. I saw Brother Don touched a little bit on this when he started. He, was, he kept on going from Genesis 1, Genesis 2, 7. And I said he's, he's speaking on something that I really love. Amen. Uh, praise God. Uh, I just want to check if this thing is working. Okay, yeah, it's working. Praise be to Jesus. 
the Bible says, and God said, let us make men in our image after our likeliness. Now, let us, that means God is consulting with something and we will understand that uh, the, the, there is no trinity because the trinity, they base this on their, on their doctrine to say God was speaking to the son or, or the second person of the trinity. No, God was not consulting with the second person of his trinity. You will have to understand the God that is being spoken about in this scripture because of the lack and limitation in interpretation in language. Uh, they, they resorted to say God, but it's El Ella Elohim. He was consulting with his thoughts because God does not have a language that he speaks. Uh, when God said, let there be, uh, he didn't speak in Sutu or in Zulu or in English or in Hebrew. Uh, I don't believe God speaks dialects. I believe God speaks a language which is called thoughts. And these thoughts are what we call spoken word thoughts. Amen. We say it and let them uh, have dominion over the fish of the sea. So already we are seeing something peculiar. He says, let us make men in our image. But whatever men that he wants to make, he calls it them. In other words, God has got a dual nature in him. So the man that is being created is an express image of what God is. Amen. He says, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Uh, the man is created and then he says created he him but the him male and female created he them so this man was both male and female this man had characteristics that were feminish and also masculine and this man was called adam amen let us bow our heads precious heavenly father we've read what we believe to be your word Father, any educated man can read and explain things with eloquency. But Father, make so narrow um, and, and thin the, the wisdom of man and make only the shadow of the cross to be seen by thy people. Father, we are gathered here on a very important occasion. Father, where you overcame hell, the grave, and death, and the devil. Lord Jesus Christ, and you arose, dear master. This morning, we are gathered as your subjects, as your children. Father, trusting and leaning only on you, not on my own understanding, because I know my limitations. I know what I can and what I cannot do. Lord Jesus Christ, and as I stand here, I ask that, Father, you may inspire these little words that I've got written here, that they may become spirit-filled spoken words. Father, that they may become life to somebody else. Dear God, we take also occasion, Father, to just remember the sisters that are traveling. Father, we pray for the blessing of the Holy Ghost upon their journey. I pray for Sister Refense that's going to be baptized. Lord, may the promise that comes with baptism 
come upon her. And if there is one in our midst, Lord, that has not taken yet a decision uh, to be baptized, Lord Jesus Christ, I pray as I'm speaking now, may something whisper in their heart that you desire them to come to perfection. You desire them to fulfill all righteousness. Father, I pray as I ask that they be a blessing in this church. They be a blessing as we are ending this convention. May we go home a better people. May we go home a better candidates of the rapture. We love you. We appreciate you. We commit all things in thy hands. In the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. 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 You may be seated. Amen. Praise be to Jesus. And God said... Let us make men in our own image and after our likeliness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all of the earth and over, the, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image and in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Amen. Amen. Praise be to Jesus. Tell your neighbor, we are going to have church. Amen. If you are not scared, tell the other one that's sitting on the other side. Uh, Maybe they were not told, we are going to have church. Amen. It's good to do that in the house of the Lord. It breaks away funny spirits. Amen. Spirits of peculiarity and all that. We want to be in one place, in in the same spirit, you know, in the same atmosphere. Then we can hear from God. Amen. Can we say amen? Amen. Uh, We can do better than that. Praise God. Amen. I love the word amen. It means so be it. Amen. So today, if I can take a title, I want to say Imago Dei. Amen. Imago Dei. And uh, for an inspiration or a subject, I want to say the true Easter seal. Amen. Imago Dei. Now, Imago Dei, uh, uh, the, the, the word or the term Imago Dei, it's a, it's a Latin term uh, that means the image of God. Amen. And from the original Hebrew, it's, it's Salem Elohim. Uh, meaning the image of Elohim. In other words, the God that is being spoken of uh, in Genesis 1 and 26, uh, the replacement or the actual word that should have been used instead of saying God, it should have been Elohim. Amen. So we want to speak about Imago Dei this morning. We want to speak about the image of God. And Imago Dei is a theological term applied uniquely to human beings, uh, which denotes the symbolical relationship between God and humanity. The term has its roots in Genesis 1 and 27, wherein God says, God created man in his own image. Amen. Thus, the humans mirror God's divinity in their ability to actualize the unique qualities which they have been endowed. 
A human being has been given unique qualities that are different from the qualities of an animal. Amen. And which make them different than all other creatures. A rational structure that you see in the logos. A complete centeredness and creative freedom. In other words, man has been given the possibility of self-actualization and the ability for self-transcendence. I told the matriculants that you're going to learn English at a church. Amen. You must learn English. Every day you come to church, you must learn something new. Amen. So the term, uh, the term Imago Dei uh, refers most fundamentally to two things. And those are the things that we're going to be looking to at uh, this morning. Uh, first, it's God's own self actualization through mankind and the second is god's care for humankind so when god says let us make men in our image the image of god is not the picture that hoffman painted that is not the image of god because the bible says god is spirit and they that worship him they worship him in truth and in spirit So there is no painting that can be able to depict the characteristics or the features of God. So God's image is the ability to self-actualize or to materialize himself from being spirit and to take a form that can be seen as a man. Amen. Amen. And the ability to take that form and care for mankind. Praise be to Jesus. So we see God before he was God. While he was the great fountain spirit. What the Bible uh, uh, theologians call uh, Elohim. Uh, the, The one that filled all time, matter and space. Now, let me, let, me, let me take you a little bit uh, into understanding where we're at. But uh, we have to start from somewhere where we come from for, we, for us to understand where we're at. That before God was God, because the word God means an object of worship. So before God was being worshipped, he existed alone. And uh, uh, while he was alone, uh, he was not alone. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, uh, the, the term loneliness, uh, when God says he saw that Adam was lonely in the garden of Eden, uh, the one that was actually lonely was not Adam. The one who was lonely was God. Because Adam was an image, was an expression of what God was. So God could not feel anything outside of what he felt in Adam. So, while he was Elohim, the self-existing one, the one that filled all time, matter, and space, 
uh, to those that study science and physics and uh, that wants to understand and want to prove everything through physics. Our God is not limited to space. Our God is not limited to time. Our God is not limited to matter. So we can't use the Big Bang Theory to explain him. He is outside of time. He's outside of space. And he's outside of matter. He's the self-existing one. He's the great fountain spirit. The great horizontal rainbow. The one that sits alone. He had what we call the word. Which was his thoughts. And his thoughts. He was pregnant with his thoughts. Enveloped inside of him. He was incubated. With potential and ability. And you and I. Was a part of it. Amen. Amen. And the prophet says now. In his imaginary makeup. He begins to think. And say. Now, this is something that is deep. You know, the prophet used to descend the hearts of men and the thoughts of men. But when he says God in his imaginary makeup, he begins to think and say, now he's discerning the thoughts of God. He says, let us take a little trip a hundred million years before time began, before the beginning. And let us see God before he was God. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad this morning? That Moses, when he required that he sees God, he saw the back part of a man and he was so glad. And he said, I've seen God. But a greater than Moses visited our day. He didn't see the back part of a man, but he saw the back part of God's thinking. He saw the mind of God. And he saw him thinking in his imaginary makeup. He begins to think. He, he didn't say, he says he begins to think and say in his imaginary makeup. Let there be. That's why the angel comes to Brother Branham and say, tell them to mind their thoughts. Because their thoughts are louder in heaven than their words. The spoken word is the thoughts of God expressed. So he begins to think and say, and say let there be light. And, the, and, and then the first thing ever created uh, was a logos. The logos was an expression, a self-expression of Elohim. Amen. Condescending from being the great fountain spirit uh, to become a little hollow-like light. Uh, and the logos is what we call the body of God or the word body. The Logos, the prophet says, I can see him uh, by eyes of supernatural looking, dancing before the father's uh, door like a child. He's not a child, but he's dancing before the father's uh, door like a child. And because he's dancing like that, he's called the son of God. Uh, but actually, he's also the father. Because he's the same Logos, the same pillar of fire that leads them in the, uh, from Egypt to Israel, and they call him God above us, our father. So in the beginning was that word, uh, that logos. And the word was with God. Elohim. And that word was God. Amen. And nothing was made outside of that logos. Amen. So the, 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 the logos become the spiritual visible part of the invisible Elohim. Yeah. 
Amen. And uh, the, the, the theological, chronological understanding of the condescendence of God is that he started as Elohim and then Logos and then Melchizedek and then Jesus. But when we look with eyes of supernatural looking in the revelation of the opening of the word, we realize he doesn't condescend in a direct and linear pattern. Because the Bible goes on to say now in the New Testament that uh, Moses chose to suffer the reproach of Christ. In the Old Testament, before Christ was born in the New Testament, he suffers the reproach of Christ in the Old Testament, uh, showing us the image of God, the spiritual image of God. And I can take you somewhere. I can take you to Nebuchadnezzar. He takes the Hebrew boys, he throws them into fire. And while they're in fire, they gather around the fire. And Nebuchadnezzar says, I see one likened unto the son of God. But Jesus was not yet born. So, so, so you see where people miss it? It's because they are looking at pictures as images. But we want the imagote, the image of God. That's what will bring us into understanding the true Easter seal. The materialization, the actualization of God. In a visible form. Amen. Amen. So we realize that. Uh, uh, we realize that. Uh, uh, man was created. And in the image of God. And God being a spirit. We see that he was the man of Genesis 1.26. Was a spirit man. He was um, the spirit of God. He was an expression. And, and God blesses this man. He said, let them have dominion. So in this man that we are looking at right now. That spirit man was male and female. And his name was called Adam. But inside of him, there's male and female. There's no Eve. There's male and female. Uh, Eve only comes after the fall. So there's male and female inside of him. And then there's, there's dominion and there's a commission and there's power that is given to him. But this man is not able to contact uh, the earth. So what, what God does is, 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 is then he then goes to Genesis 2-7 and then he forms men out of the dust of, of the earth. You know, he prophesies for the first time. He makes men out of the dust of the earth and that man stands there with his hands stretched like this and his feet like the roots of a tree and the prophet says he was dead as dead can be. Uh, because God wants the men of Genesis 2-7 to be able to have the dominion that was given to the men of Genesis 1.26. But the men of Genesis 2.7 cannot have dominion over the commission that was given to the men of Genesis 1.26. Unless he has a part of what the men of Genesis 1.26 has. So God, by the power of the spoken word, the original seed, the one that he has always heard, even when there were no angels, uh, when there was nothing, uh, he then speaks his thoughts and say, he breathes into this man. He speaks the men of Genesis 1.26 into the men of Genesis 2.7. And then man becomes a living soul. And then Adam now has got a relationship with the things that he sees. He's not an animal. He's not a tree. 
but he is an image of God. He is a living soul. He is endowed with self-actualization and the ability to speak and create. He is endowed with the abilities that God has got. So Adam is in a position that God is, in other words, God rested on the seventh day after he created man. Uh, the rest of God is not happening in the physical, like you heard Brother Don say. It's happening in the spiritual, but God did not rest in the heavens. God rested in a man. In other words, the only way God can rest is to continue working. Uh, you, you didn't get me. The, the only rest that God can have is to continue working, but not working as El Ella Elohim or the Logos, but working as men. In other words, creation did not end with God. After he said, I have finished my creation, let me end. Now, God continues the work of creation, but now he continues it in the men of Adam. Now, what God continues to do is, you see, I've created animals, but I've not named them. I've just created them. So, everything is just called animals. But God continues that same work now in a man called Adam. He says, now, because you've got big ears that are flappy and you've got a trunk, you're so huge like that, thy name shall be called elephant and then he walks around he says you are making such a big roar and you are so fairy your name shall be called lion uh, you you've got you've got two horns that are that are so pointed and you're so calm your name shall be called cattle and god would come down in the cool of the day to have fellowship with his image he would come to have fellowship with Adam. And when he would come in the cool of the day, Adam would then start reiterating to God. In other words, God was the congregation and Adam was the pastor. So what, what Adam would, would come and say, say uh, uh, in the morning I went over to the river Euphrates and I saw such an animal and he was moving in like this. And I said, your name shall be called Elephant. And God would say, Amen, Amen, Amen. That was the name thereof. Hallelujah. God was packing humanity. He was packing himself in Adam because he could see himself in Adam. Amen. He could see eternity in Adam. He could see the power in Adam. He could see everything. Adam had all the abilities. He had all the power. He could speak things into existence. He could speak things out of existence. He could say, wind, I don't want you to disturb Eve. You see, she's sitting under the tree. She's my dark and lovely. I want you to blow the other side. And the wind would have to obey. He says, the, the river has been flowing for a long time in this course. I want it to, to go via the backside of the mountain. And the river would have to do that. Because Adam was a son in position. He's a, he was a son with, with a title deed. Uh, he was a son with the book of redemption. But, uh, but there's something that the prophet brings into the idea or the book that we call the title did. Many uh, times we just preach it as the title did, the book of redemption. But the book of redemption, it got a part which they call the abstract. Now the abstract part of the title did is now a record. Uh, those that are into property will understand what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, you can have a title did. But if you don't have an abstract, uh, somebody can subvert and take your house. I'm, I'm just giving heads up to those that have been blessed with houses this Easter so that you, you look at the abstract when you're buying your houses. There is what they call the abstract. Now, an abstract is a record of sale. 
it's a record that shows this property was once owned by somebody during the time when the Queen of England was dominant in South Africa, and then it was sold to so-and-so, and so-and-so bought it, and you know, it, and their name, and their address, and everything. All the transfers of the property are recorded in the abstract. Do you see what I'm saying? So, so you, 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 you don't get into a house where somebody comes at one point in time. He says, I've only sold, when I sold this house, I only sold this portion of the house. But this portion I didn't sell. That's why the prophet comes and say, you need an abstract title deed. Do you see what I'm saying? You need the record of where it's coming from. And for you to be able to have a record of where it's coming from, especially when the book has been lost by the man Adam, Genesis 3, 16, time comes in. The serpent has deceived male and female because Eve has been, has been brought out. Now she's leaving. She's, she's the mother of all creation. But Adam is not the father of all creation. Why is Eve the mother of all creation? Because she's supposed to reproduce through the serpent. Can I speak to you this morning? So Eve is reproducing through the serpent. Time is ushered in. But before that, there is no time. God does not deal with time. We're not told how Adam, how old Adam was because he was not old. We're not told how gray he was because he was not aging. But aging starts in by the coming in of the serpent to interrupt uh, the program of God. And when, when, when the program of God is intercepted, uh, then we, we, we move from the perfect will of God and we get into the permissive will of God. And when we get into the permissive will of God, God introduces the plan of redemption. Amen. So redemption comes through the fall. Certain attributes that were veiled in El Ella Elohim are being made manifest now because God has allowed it that the serpent deceives the woman. God has allowed it that the plan be interrupted. How could he be savior if there was nobody who was lost? How could he be healer if there was nobody who was sick? How could he be deliverer if there was nobody who was bound? So he allows the devil to come in to disturb the perfect plan of God. And God introduces a permissive will. And this permissive will, God then puts a plan of redemption. And a plan of restoration. To redeem is to bring back to its original estate. To restore it, not to replace it. But the book that Adam heard. Amen. Uh, that's the reason John wept. Because no one could get that book. The book that Adam heard. Oh creation, everything was gone. She would just simply turn back to atoms. And molecules. In other words, she would turn back to the men of Genesis 2-7. Amen. But, 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 but did, you, did you get that? Did you get that? The prophet says that's the reason John wept. John is a figure that I would want to call he would just simply turn back. But the prophet says John she would. In other words, John, the John that we're speaking about, John is not a male. We're not talking about John, John the, the John that you know. We're talking about John you and me, John the bride. Amen. John she would simply turn back to atoms and molecules and so forth and cosmic light and not even be creation. Person, nothing else. You would be nothing. Says God, Adam lost the rights 
of that book. He forfeited it when he listened to his wife and she listened to Satan's reasoning instead of the word of God. See, it was forfeited and it couldn't go back and it couldn't go back into the dainty hands of Satan. So Satan wanted to get a hold of the book which had got the names of the records of the sons and daughters of God. But before Satan got a hold of it, God said, you devil, you are not going to get the book. Who tempted you out of the way? So therefore it went back to its original owner. Like any abstract deed would do. Because it's got the records. It goes back to the one who has the record of the initial, the initial name that is on this book is the one that the book goes back to. And the initial name when I open my Bible, it says in the beginning, God, not the devil. In the beginning, Elohim, not the devil. So the book goes back to God, not to the devil. Amen. Goes right back to his original owner. And that's That was God, the creator, who made it and he holds it. Do you see what I'm saying? The prophet says if the devil had gotten a hold of that book, he would have caused a great damage. Because at the birth of every child of God, he would have killed them. Do you see what I'm saying? But the book does not go to the devil. It goes back to God. But the book does not belong to God. He's just the original owner. But he's not the intended owner. Hallelujah! BMW makes cars. But it's not for them. It's it's meant for somebody else. Amen? So somebody, if they fail to pay the car, they might repossess it. But it's not meant to stay with them forever. Because they don't make profit in keeping books of redemption. God does not. It does not profit God to keep redemption. He's got to give it back. But he's got to make a plan of redemption. He's got to make a plan of restoration. Am I preaching to somebody? Say amen so that I know we're going together. Amen. Praise be to Jesus. So then he starts the plan of redemption. And and in the plan of redemption, he introduces the Bibles. And these Bibles are supposed to be a way of communication and signaling people the season and the time and where we at in redemption. If you are able to interpret these Bibles He makes himself and he spreads himself in what we call the first Bible. That is the Zodiac. The Zodiac was the first Bible. The oldest book in the Bible is the book of Job. And in the book of Job, he says, who can bind the sweet influences of Pleiades? And bind the bands of Orion. He says, who maketh Acturus and Orion and Pleiades and the chambers of the south? What is is Job talking about? That is the Bible. 
That is the Bible. It didn't end with Job, the oldest book. We see him again in the book of Revelations. He says, and I saw uh, him that was standing behind the seven golden candlesticks. And in his right hand, he had seven stars. And he that was standing behind holding seven stars was the eighth star. The morning star. And the morning and the evening star is the same star, which is the north star. That's why if you want to push a doctrine of the eighth messenger, make it Jesus Christ. Because he is the eighth star. Because the stars in his hands is seven. So he is preaching the church edges to us. Through the Zodiac Bible. Hallelujah. And there were three wise men, which the prophet calls astrologers, stargazers, people who studied the stars. They saw a constellation come in line. And they followed it. Until they got to where the king was born. What was God doing? Showing the manifestation of the signs through the first Bible. And the Bible says many stars are being moved out of place. But there are those who stood. There are those who can stand with Pleiades and Orion. Who keeps their first estate. And there's something about stars that I want you to understand in the plan of redemption. Many of the stars that you look up in the sky and you see them, they are dead. They are dead. They are not living. But they are still bright. Do you see what I'm saying? They are living on past glory. They are not living on current glory. So it looks like there is life, but there is no life. And how many of us are like that stars in this zodiac? You look like you're still a believer because you hold your Bible, you come to church. But you have left your first estate. There is no more life in you. There is no redemption. There is no restoration. There is no revelation. That's why you are swept by every wind of the doctrine that comes by. Can we say amen? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Pleiades and Orion. Praise be to Jesus. And then we have the second Bible in redemption. That was the pyramids. And in the pyramids, the prophet shows us how God used the pyramid as a Bible and an example to people. Because the first man to build a pyramid was Enoch. And Enoch's pyramid was not built anywhere else. It was built on the center of the earth. You know, uh, they are brothers who backslid. They are brothers who backslid after they went to Israel. When they heard the prophet say, the pyramid of Enoch does not cast a shadow. And when they went there and they saw a shadow, they said that men lied. But Enoch comes in before Noah. And in the time of Noah, when the flood comes, the earth is tilted. And when the earth is tilted, the pyramid is moved from its original position. Therefore, it now casts a shadow, but it chooses not to cast a shadow. So, if you are a person that doesn't have spiritual insight, you would think the prophet was in error. But you just don't understand 
that the antediluvian age comes after. The pyramid was already made. So when the prophet is preaching, he is not preaching from wisdom and understanding and research. He is preaching from vision. When he says the pyramid did not cast a shadow, he is seeing the Hallelujah! He can see the pyramid. When he says, I can see Adam and Eve walk out of the garden with sheepskin on their body and it's flipping and hitting behind their legs and blood is... He is seeing them! He tells you it was a Tuesday morning. May the 17th. Noah is walking into the ark. Ah, we're now. He is seeing it. So the first Bible, the second Bible was the pyramid. And in this pyramid, the prophet comes now with messages like the stature of a perfect man. And in this pyramid, he starts showing you the virtues of Peter in the pyramid. He shows you the church edges in the pyramid. He shows you the, the seven messengers in the pyramid. He shows you the seven colors of the rainbow in the pyramid. And in that pyramid, he comes again while he's preaching the revelation of the thunders. He says, if that be true, remember the dream of Brother Junior Jackson? Then the thunders kept the pyramid. He's showing now the capstone message in the pyramid. Saying now the, the thunders must keep the pyramid. No, no, not, not that the pyramid is the thunders. Can, can I preach like that here? There's people that believe that the seven virtues is the seven thunders. Look, the prophet says, you see, Enoch's pyramid did not have a cap stone on it. He says they even tried at one point in time, they wanted to make a capstone for it. To put a golden capstone on top of Enoch's pyramid. He says that can never pass. Because the actual capstone is Jesus Christ himself. Do you see what I'm saying? So the pyramid is kept with the thunders. In other words, the thunders they give the pyramid. Which is the capstone. Which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ gives you faith, virtue, knowledge. It comes from him. Faith, virtue, knowledge. And you, you grow in that stature of a perfect man. Do you see what I'm saying? But faith, virtue, and knowledge does not give you Jesus Christ. It cannot give you. Jesus Christ gives you prophecy, tongues, and uh, the ability to heal, the gift of faith. But you can't say because you've got the gift of faith, now I've got Jesus Christ. You've got the gift, you, doesn't have, you don't have the giver. So you've got to understand the coming of the thunders in the message of the pyramid. Because it's the second Bible. And then he talks about the seven steps to the king's chamber. So you have to go through seven steps. Seven virtues first. And then you get into the king's chamber. So you can't say while you are still in the virtues, I'm already in the king's chamber. No, say. You've got to stand on top of brotherly kindness. And then charity comes to keep the pyramids of our lives. And in that he was preaching Jesus Christ. Do you see what I'm saying? Because the capstone is called the headstone. Foxes have woes. Birds have nests. 
but the son of man has no place to lay his head, but a body. But what body? Faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance. Has thou prepared me? Because the prophet says the same way he builds the church is the same way he builds the individual. And in the building of the church, he's talking about the stature of a perfect man. So the body is the seven virtues. But the head is that capstone. Hallelujah. Then the image of God is standing in perfection. Many churches are headless bodies. Because they only end on brotherly kindness. But it goes further than that. It goes into charity. It goes into the capstone of love. It goes into Christ. The revelation of who he is. That's what brings him back. The revelation that says I don't stop at brotherly kindness. I need something better. Something bigger. Which is capstone. Which is Christ himself. So you got to stand on top of the pyramid. You have to stand on top of the mountain. Because there was a stone. That was hewn without hands. That goes to break the Babylonish image. And after it breaks it into a thousand pieces of powder, the very small stone grows into a pyramid-like mountain. And you stand on top of that pyramid. And while you are standing on that, you shall hear Zerubbabel, which is Malachi 4, Revelation 10, 7. He says, and the capstone cometh with shoutings of grace, grace, grace. That's why the message of grace was the message where the prophet was just explaining the third pool. You cannot have the third pool. Brother, can I preach honestly to you? You can say he's here, but he will not be there. You can work people into emotion. He is here now. He is here now and everybody. He is not there. Because the body is not prepared. Get the mechanics right. The dynamics will come. The coming of Elijah is the restoration of the altar. That's why there's a plan of redemption through the message of the pyramid. So close. It's so close. But you can easily be deceived to believe something that is not. Then you denominate on a certain scripture and think that is these seven things that are written in this scripture. That's all we need. Brother, you don't understand that the Bible opened with the seven thunders. Amen. I told you my favorite book is the book of Genesis. The Bible opens with the seven thunders. Amen. When the children of Israel went to Moses and complained, we want to hear from God. He said, sanctify yourself for three days. Fast and pray. And then on the third day, come to the mountain where I meet with God. You shall hear from God. The Bible says they had a roaring and they had thunder. From what they called thunders, Moses was writing the commandments. Hallelujah! The thunders are not uttering in Revelation. They're uttering in Genesis. The thunders are the ones that say, let there be light. Let there be this. Let there be that. Hallelujah! Praise be to Jesus. Amen. And then we've got the third Bible. Now the third Bible is the Bible that we are all carrying. So some people have made a doctrine on the second Bible. But now we're on the third Bible. The third Bible which is the Bible that you're carrying. 
And Jesus says, lo and behold, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. Amen. I, I wish I could preach one day on the mystery of the comma and the full stop. And, 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 and Isaiah says, the spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach liberty to the captives. That the gospel should be preached to the, to the poor. And so on and so forth. And then Jesus Christ comes and quotes the very long scripture that Isaiah prophesied 712 years before. And then he comes and he puts a full stop where Isaiah had put a comma. And from the comma going forward, it was a portion that was reserved for the bride. We would have spoken of it another time. But I'm saying in the third Bible, that's when we have men like Jesus Christ would come and say, can I have the scroll? And they would give him the scroll. And he said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your very eyes. In other words, the fulfillment, the manifestation, the actualization of God is the expiration of scripture. I'm saying there are certain scriptures that have got a best before. That have got an expiry date. Noah says, let us go and build an ark. You can come and build your ark in 2017. That scripture is expired. It's not anointed for you today. That's why the rising of a prophet is the resurrection of scripture. Um, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe you don't get me. I am saying Joseph tells his brothers that I know there's going to come a pharaoh that doesn't know me. But let not my bones be buried here in Egypt. Let them be buried in the land of Machapella, the land of the resurrection. 400 years past, 440 years past, 480 years after the prophecy, God raises a man by the name of Moses. And Moses comes and he says, now we are journeying out of the land of Egypt. The prophecy of Joseph was lingering in the air for 480 years until a prophet came on the scene to resurrect that. The bones remained in Egypt until Moses came. And in Moses' camp, there was a brother who always carried the bones of Joseph because it was prophecy. And that scripture, that part of the word remained dormant until a prophet came. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet. That part of the scripture remains dead and torment until Elijah the prophet comes. And then he starts telling you the prophet of this end time. You don't lie to me that you knew about these things. That you knew that uh, there's going to come a prophet of Elijah. No, you didn't know. You didn't even know that he connects to Revelation 10.7. That's why I don't like these people that wants to say, give us the Bible. We don't want what the prophets say. You and your Bible were in the Baptist and in the Methodist baptizing in titles. You want us to give you back that Bible that you didn't understand. You want to correct what is the seventh seal using the message of the one that preached. Why don't you bring your own message and we try you on your own story? The coming of a prophet 
is the resurrection of scripture. Because when he comes, he anoints the parts that are according to him. That's why Jesus used to go to the temple to pray for people in the temple and leave the cripple at the gate called beautiful. Because it's not part of his scripture. Because he knows there's a portion that means Peter and John in the hour of prayer they shall be going to the temple and they shall say before we deal with the problem inside the temple let's deal with the one that's at the gate. If Jesus had already dealt with it I'm, this is quotations. If he had dealt with it already, then Peter and John would have nothing to do. Do you see what I'm saying? Now they can say Jesus used to heal in the temple. But these ones, they start from the gate. It's a continuation of the same ministry. It's the self-actualization of the image of God. It's coming. And it's being made plain. This day, this scripture. He says, now whosoever shall take or subtract from this book of prophecy, their name shall be removed from the book of life. In this book? So who is this book? What is this book? Uh, I don't read my Bible as black and white text. I don't believe that's the Bible. The Bible is not something that is written in Schofield and printed in some place and you come and you carry it. No. That is the, that is the manuscript of the Bible. The actual Bible is the revelation behind the written words that you keep reading every day. When you come into relationship with those words, that are written. Your Bible becomes empty. Uh, can, can, can I say that? That your Bible starts becoming empty and empty. In other words, the words that are written on the Bible. You can say this day, this quotation is fulfilled in your eyes. In other words, you are no longer looking at Jesus. You are looking at the manifestation of the scroll. You are no longer looking at the man of Genesis 2-7. But you are looking at the actualization of the word. And that is what is going to be raptured. I'm rapturing away every day. From within and from without. My, my flesh is not going to face death because as I read the word, I am becoming the word. And then I'll get to a place where I say, I'm no longer the son of Charles and Ella Branham, but I am the son of Christ because what's written of me, I have become. What's written of you, you must become. If the bride knows who she is, then the rapture will go. Who is she? Who is she? Because she thinks she's just a believer who believed in a man. She thinks she's a believer that goes together with people of like precious faith. That's not what she is. 
John, she wept when she realized that the book of redemption was lost and there was no one who could redeem it. The only one that can redeem the book is the book itself. The only one that can redeem the book is the book. Hallelujah. Oh my. Hey, I feel feel religious here. I want you to see something. So the book, the word became flesh and it became a man. The book becomes a human being to redeem the book. Hallelujah. Because there are laws to redemption of the book. Hallelujah. So when you say, I am redeemed, I'm bought with the blood. What you are singing is, I've become the book. Hallelujah. You must become the book. Because when you see me, if you can still see a human being, then I have not come to that place yet. I wanted to get to a place when you are talking to me, you are talking to the book. Then even if they close this church and make it a place where they store their bombs, you can bomb the building, but you can't bomb the book because the book is becoming man. The book is becoming material. Hallelujah! The book in Emalacheni, the book in Gauteng, the book in KZN, the book preaching to the book. And when the book says so, the other book says amen. Something inside of you. We are going back to Genesis. The book called Adam. Preaching to God. And God coming to back up the words of man. Say to this mountain, be thou removed. Be cast into the sea. And it shall be so. The spoken word. A restoration of the book. Hallelujah. So the book became a man. So you find in the book of Revelations in chapter 5, there's a proclamation. Who is worthy to take the book and to lose the seals thereof? Remember God the Spirit has got the book in his hand. Hallelujah! He's got the book in his hand. Abraham, can you take the book with confidence? Ah, Abraham, you, you know, you are a friend of God. Remember, you wanted to sacrifice your son? And God created a ram in the thicket. God will do something for you. God will do, you are the father of faith. And faith is a revelation. Abraham, you can do it. Abraham ducks his head down. I'm sorry, John. I can't take the book. One day when I was passing through the land of Abimelech, I said Sarah was my sister, but she was my wife. I lied. And the laws of redemption requires that the one that takes the book should be blameless. And they moved from Abraham. They said, let's talk to Elijah. The Tishibite. Great man. You are just called Elijah the Tishibite. 
We are not even told about your history. That's how great you are. One day you called fire from heaven. And fire came down. And it was called the show town of Mount Camel. You are powerful, man. You can take the book. He ducks his head. He says, uh, you know, there was a time I got offended. I was so short-tempered. You know, there were men that came to me. And they said, if you're a man of God, uh, please come and help us. And I said, if I'm a man of God, let fire come from heaven and consume you. It was not the will of God. It was my anger and my rage that did that. And the laws of the book does not require one of a such. And at one time I was threatened by an SMS by Jezebel. And I had to run away from Israel and go to a brook called Sherith. And then the laws of the book does not require a coward. I can't take the book and lose the seals thereof. And then John said, don't worry. There is an angel that showed me the book of Revelation by the name of William Branham. I'm going to go to him. I'm going to talk to him. This man is worthy, I tell you. He goes to Brother Branham. Say, man of God, here is our chance. You take the book. The bride is redeemed. God here to put you last for a reason. And Brother Branham ducked his head. He says, one day the text man came and he was after my case and I had to walk out of the other door and I told my wife to tell them that I was not around and I had to come back and say, I'm sorry. When I said I was not around, I was actually around. And the laws of the book does not require that a person lie at one point in time. At one point in time, I wanted to take my life. I even took myself up an electrical pole. If it was not of the grace of God, that suicidal spirit would have gotten me. I would have perished there. And the laws of the book requires one that is perfect. John, I'm sorry. I cannot take the book and I cannot lose the suicide thereof. I can't even look upon it. Hallelujah! And John said, no, don't worry. It's fine. I've got the right man. There is an angel by the name of Gabriel. He went to Gabriel. He said, Gabriel, whenever there was an important announcement, God had to send you. There's something special about you, Gabriel. There's something unique about you, Gabriel. By the sounding of the trumpet, even the prophet says, Gabriel will blow the trumpet and the dead in, dead in Christ shall rise. Ah, Gabriel is a powerful angel. John approaches Gabriel. Gabriel looks down. He says, I've not lied. I've never lived in sin. I've not done anything bad. But the laws of the book of redemption requires that one has got to be a kinsman. Requires that one has got to be of the tribe of the human beings for him to take the book and to lose the seals thereof. And the Bible says, in the whole of heaven, head I, John, weep. Because no man was worthy to take the book and to lose the seals thereof. Hallelujah. And while John was weeping, while she was crying, while you and me, all our hope was gone, while we were in distress and thinking who could come for us, there was a tap on the shoulder. Hallelujah. There was a tap on the shoulder. Do you have something that can tap your shoulder? Ah. Uh, 
I'm talking about the images here. The book of Revelation is a book of three characters. The Bible says the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom God gave to John. So Jesus Christ, he gave to John. He says, and he showed him the things that should shortly come to pass by a signifying angel. Three things. So we've got Jesus Christ, we've got John, and we've got the signifying angels. That's the whole book of Revelation. So everything that's happening, God is showing to the angel, and the angel is showing to John. God is showing to the angel, and the angel is showing to John. And because John is not seeing God, he is seeing much of the angel. He got to a point he wanted to worship the angel. And the angel said, don't worship me. I'm one of thy fellow servants. In other words, the angel was a man. And the angel was William Branham. Hallelujah. He is the angel that showed John the book of Revelation. So when you hear now that one of the elders tapped John's shoulder, it cannot be Brother Branham. Because Brother Branham was not into tapping shoulders. In the vision of the book of Revelations, Brother Branham is into showing John. So when John is hearing a tap on the shoulder, John himself forms part of the elders. So John is hearing from his theophany. Hallelujah. So the revelation of the opening of the book, you hear it's not from pastor. You hear it's not from the church. You hear it's not from Brother Branham. But you hear it from your theophany. Your heavenly representation is the one that will make you realize that I've always been a part of this. Hallelujah! Praise God! And he says, and all heaven had I John worship. Rather from crying to worshiping. He says, he says, it says, and when, when it says, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, he has prevailed. You see, it takes to prevail. It takes a lion like nature to take the book and to lose the seals thereof. It says, but when I tend, there's many things happening here. There's one that is holding the book. Hallelujah. There's one that is holding the book. And this one that is holding the book. As long as it's not revealed to you, when you look at him, you see a lion. Because it's judgment to you. Hallelujah! It's judgment to you. To him that looks without hearing the voice, it's judgment. But to him that hears the voice and then looks, he sees a lamp, a bloody lamp, the book that became flesh. And went up the cross. And died for you and me. That's what you see. The bloody lamp. And the lamp takes the book. Out of the hands of the one. That is sitting on that throne. Hallelujah. Revelation 10.1. The lamp takes the book and gives it to an angel. Because the prophet says. That angel. The mighty angel. Of Revelation 10.1 is Christ himself. So the lamb takes the book. And gives it to an angel. And the angel comes down. And gives the book. To an earthly angel. The signifying angel. Now. 
The book is not changing hands. But the one that is holding the book is changing form. Hallelujah! From the one that was holding it to the lamp, there is no two people on the throne. Because in Revelation chapter 4, John says, when heavens open, uh, heaven did not start opening in the book of Revelation. Heaven opened in the book of Ezekiel. And Ezekiel saw what he saw. In the book of Daniel, he saw what he saw. In In the days of Stephen, And he says, and I see him sitting on the right hand of the father. But in the book of the revelation, in the apocalypse, in the exposition of the symbols that were hidden throughout the Bible, John says, when heaven opened, I saw one sitting on the throne. So the book is not changing hands. But the one that is holding the book is changing form. And the prophet comes and says, that's God and Morphe. Hallelujah! What are you looking at? The image of God. Don't miss him now. Because he did not come in the way that you are usually used to. Hallelujah! You think there's a pillar of fire that's going to come here? He said, I'm going to lead you all bride. The time for the rapture has come. Repent and put your lives in order. You have missed the image of God. The season of that image is over. The season of you seeing Jesus with his hands pierced is over. He's not coming back in his corporal body until we are in the millennium. Hallelujah. But I can tell you, he is here. Hallelujah. I can tell you, he is here. Because there's, there's been a resurrection. There has been a resurrection. Not the resurrection of Jerusalem. Can I preach to you? I'm not talking about the resurrection of Jerusalem. Yes, the sun rose in Jerusalem. Yes, everything shook in Jerusalem. Yes, people rejoiced in Jerusalem. And on the 50th day, they gathered in the upper room. And they backslid. And my prophet came. And he said, crucifying Jesus for the second time. Hallelujah! So if he was crucified for the second time, he was buried for the second time. If he was buried for the second time, he goes to preach to the total loss. Do you follow? The prophet says the opening of the word. The third pool, one of the portion, is preaching to the total lost. So if he is crucified for the second time, He's got to preach to the total lost. And if he is crucified for the second time, he's got to resurrect. The sun is risen. The sun is risen. It's not risen in Jerusalem. But in Emalathani, the sun is risen. In Benoni, the sun is risen. In South Africa, the sun is risen. It's risen in you and me. Hallelujah! It's risen in my heart. That is the true Easter seal. Christ rising in you and me. Not celebrating Jerusalem. Not celebrating a land. God is not in a geographical location. Hallelujah. The earth that he was talking about. Is not the earth of this world. 
is the earth of your body. And the seventh seal brings him back to the earth. Which earth you and me join the bride. Not looking at some place. At physical location. You go to the tomb, it's empty. Go to Jeffersonville, it's not there. Brother, I don't believe in idolatry. In idolizing things. No, sir. That's why the brothers, when they came to Brother Branham, and said, so should we live close to the tabernacle? He said, you've missed it. You missed it. It's not about a geographical location. It's where the bride of Jesus Christ is. Where the revelation. Where there is a person with an ability to hear from his theophany. That's why we say we have heard from our theophanies. We have heard from the men of Genesis 1.26. We have heard from Imakote, the image of God. And in every predestinated seed, the prophet says the size of a nail, he put the gem of life inside of you. A piece of that theophany. A piece of that eternity. Hallelujah! That though I'm in a state of amnesia, because I bypassed my theophany, Though I'm in a state of amnesia, there is something inside of me that I call an antenna. That when I be taken to familiar places, something begins to shake in my heart. Something begins to remind me. Hallelujah! The prophet says there was a soldier that was lost. And this soldier, when he was lost, they said, now we're going to take you back to the camp because there's nothing that can be done. These guys cannot be helped. And they decided to stop along the way to have a recess. He says, and that soldier stepped out of the lorry where they were being held. And the soldier saw a little path. He says, and there was a man that was guarding them with a gun. And he said, you know what? I'm going to leave him to follow this path and see where he goes. And he started walking. And he started walking. And he started walking. And the man behind him was interested. Where is this one going? Because this, you know, you know when you're in a state of amnesia, you look like you've lost it. You look at your mother and say, who is this? You look at your brother and say, who is this? You don't know anything. You're just asking, who is this? What is this? And that's the state that we were in. Who is this man? With a light on his head. What is this cloud? Amen. What is this seven seals? What is this? But this man, when he was taken to familiar grounds, brother, he started walking. He started walking and his father was waiting for him. He says, I knew it, my son, you would come back. The soldier realized that the place that they had stopped, it awakened something inside of him. That's why the scripture says, I will bring to remembrance. Why should you remember? Because you were there when the seals were revealed. You were there when the lamp took the book, you, were, you might not understand some of the intricate and the, 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 the nitty gritties of the issue. But something inside of you knows that the seventh seal is revealed. Something inside of you knows that the seven thunders utter their voices. Something inside of you. And when you are taken to familiar places, you start coming back to yourself. It's called self-realization. So the book became flesh. Let us move. And find somewhere where we can wrap it up. Amen. For God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in the time past. 
uh, unto the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken unto us by his son whom he hath appointed heir of all things. Uh, you see, just, just with this, this scripture here, we can blast false prophets left, right, and center. God who in the time past spoke by the prophets but hath in these last days. So who spoke in these last days? Many of you think it's Brother Branham who spoke. No. Brother Branham was just borrowed. Brother Branham was a borrowed vessel. That's why it's called the voice of God recordings, not the voice of Brother Branham recordings. The reason why you don't reverence the tape is you don't know who is speaking. You fight with your wife while the tape is playing. You do this while the tape is playing. You don't know who is speaking. If you knew who was speaking, it's not a man from Kentucky. God borrowed 16 elements to speak to humanity. At one quotation, he says, it's not Brother Branham speaking. It's not me. It's not him anymore. It's me. He has since surrendered himself to me. I have taken over. I am speaking through his lips. It's me. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Because God in the last days is speaking through by his son. By his son through an earthly messenger. It's Jesus speaking to you and me. Not a man. I didn't believe a message of man. No, sir. I haven't believed a message from a brother somewhere. No, it's the message of God. This is the son of man. In the days when the son of man shall be revealed in a son of man. The son of man being revealed in a son of man. So Jesus has revealed himself again to humanity in this end time. Through an earthly messenger. An earthly prophet. The prophet says, there's been Elijah's Elijah. But the Elijah of the end time is the Lord Jesus Christ. So, it's not a man. It's the Lord Jesus that was ministering to you. It was the Lord Jesus that was ministering to me. And what was he ministering? Resurrection. The sun rising. Not the sun of the S-O-N. Of the S-U-N. But the sun of the S-O-N. Rising in you and me. Says who being in the brightness of his glory. And the express image of his person. And upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself paged our sins. Set down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So Jesus Christ becomes sin. He becomes you, the fallen part of you and me. So that you and me can become the image that is perfect. Before we came to earth, God took a picture, a family album of every one of us. So when God looks at you and me, he doesn't look at us the way we are right now. He looks back from eternity. You know that song? He looked at your perfect picture without blame, spot or wrinkle. He didn't look at you where you are now. You look back from eternity. You said you are just trapped in that body. You bypassed your theophany. But you haven't done it in the first place. 
you are justified. So in other words, when we look at you, we don't look at you by the mistakes that you have done. We don't look at you about by the ups and downs. We look at the perfect picture. What God is looking at, what God sees, is what we want to see. Amen. And he says, now we find, we find that he was our kinsman redeemer. He took the book out of the hand of the original owner. It's a title deed of, to redemption. We found that. You remember the study? It's a title deed of redemption. It's an abstract deed with it. So it's not just a title deed. It's got an abstract deed with it. And God required life for death in the garden of Eden. You were in a dead situation. And God required life. And there is no greater life than eternal life. So eternal life became flesh. So that you can then have eternal life. For the death of life. Jesus the righteous one. Died and took a title deed. He was able to break the seals. Reveal what was in them. And give the inheritance. That belonged to him to his people. Want you to see? The eternal life. That he inherited by doing that. He passed his own life back out at Calvary. He divided it among us by the Holy Ghost. Amen. No man has never been able to come to even think of the love that that was what he has done. So what he did on Calvary and what he did breaking the seals. The seals were revealed and preached to us. In 1963. That's when you say the seals were preached to us. But in 1947 when Brother Branham was preaching, he was already preaching the seals. Because the seals were not broken in 1963. The seals were broken on Calvary when the lamp took the abstract and the title did. And he went to present himself before the Father. That's when the seals were broken. 2017 years ago. The seals were not broken in 1963. Because if you want to go with that doctrine, that's why people say, I only listen to tales from 63 going forward. You have missed it. Because in 55, he's preaching the seals. In 62, he's speaking squirrels into existence. 59, the third book is already in operation. Do you see what I'm saying? Because in 62 July, Christ is the mystery of God revealed. Then he says, it's now two o'clock, the end of the second pool, the beginning of the third pool. Oh. And when now you want to start in 63. 62, he's saying third pool has begun. And then we come, we say, how readest thou, when That's why you don't understand these things. Because you are reading black and white. You are going on the message, search, search this paragraph, and then you come and then you preach that paragraph. You don't even know the background of that paragraph. What took place back then. Hallelujah. So the book could not remain as Jesus. The book could not only be made flesh in John 1.14. No say. Because in the beginning he created he them. Male and female. In the image of God. If the word was made flesh in Jesus Christ, 
The word must be made flesh in the bride. How many believe that? The bride must become the word of God. She must become that word. And the opening of the seals makes and brings the bride to the very image of God. Because the image of God is consciousness. That's why you see when Jacob is going away, running away from his brother, the, the, the scripture says he arose. He was sleeping on a stone. The scripture says he arose. And the second part he says, and he awakened. Uh, I thought he, he already arose. I mean, he must be awake. when he, uh, But I realized, no. The awakening is consciousness. There are many people that have just risen and they come to church. But they are not conscious of who they are. That's why they are influenced by the, by the value of the rent to the US. That's why they are influenced by the things that are... When the, when the, when the, when the rent is, is, is low, they don't pay tithes. You don't know who you are. And because you don't know who you are, you think your tithes you are giving to the pastor. So you're looking at numbers. His brother Chatty, if his brother Chatty and brother Spusiso and the other brother gives and brother Mklabi, if these brothers can give, the pastor will be sorted this month. I'm in a problem. Because you don't have revelation on what you are doing. Okay, can I touch on that just a little bit? I mean, I've not been told. You know, I'm even asking for permission. But the scripture says the less is blessed of the better. We, we, we don't preach a gospel of prosperity, but the gospel is prosperous. You wouldn't want me to come preach here with a tattered shirt, feeling sorry for me. That's not humility. Humility is subjecting ourselves to the weight. This thing of going like this and saying, oh, that brother is humble. He's not humble, he's hungry. Help the brother. Amen. If it's winter, you see somebody outside, they're freezing. He said, we're going to pray for you. Give him a jacket. There's no prayer needed. I told another sister at church. I said, sister, what's the problem with the car? Oh, they say this, they say that. I said, have you taken the car to the service? She said, pray for us, pastor. I said, have you taken the car for service? They said, ever since we bought it, we have never passed. I said, so we don't need prayer. We need service. Simple. You want blessings? You want breakthroughs financially? You are suffering month to month? Even failing to get to a place where you pay your rentals and everything? Life is real. Things are difficult. You look at your kitchen and things are not in place. You're afraid visitors come because you don't have anything to give them. The place you're staying is not comfortable. You cannot accommodate anybody. You're afraid when people say we're coming to visit you because you know your situation. Do you see what I'm saying? Let me tell you a victory, which is besides saying receive your breakthrough. No, I want to give you something higher than receive your breakthrough. The less is blessed of the better. Listen to this. The scripture says, he that gives or borrows to the poor or lends to the poor shall never lack. But he cannot be rich. He cannot be prosper. You cannot prosper. You will not lack. 
Now, I, I want you to see. It, it, it sounds so contrary. That uh, you give to somebody that is really in needy, the poor. If you give to the poor, you, it means you are secured. You are secured. You will never suffer. But that's not where your prosperity lies. That's where your security lies. Do you see what I'm saying? So give to the pure, poor and you are secured. But if you want to be blessed, the less is blessed of the better. That's why the Bible says, blessed is he that giveth than he that receiveth. But the one that comes and gives a testimony is the one that has received. But the scripture says he's not blessed. The one that gave is the one that's blessed. Um, you're not getting what I'm saying. I am saying when you, when you give what I, what I call upward giving, somebody that is in a higher station than yourself, then when you give like that, you tap into their anointing. That's why you find Pastor Madiba doesn't just invite anybody else to come and preach here. Say, no, brother, come. He says, I'm a preacher. Oh, come. The pulpit is open. No. You look at their anointing. What you, the one that has invited them, can benefit from them. Let me give you a natural example. Let's say I'm invited to go and preach a congregation of 20,000 people. And then let's say another brother is invited to go and preach a congregation of 14 people. In your thinking, you think this one that's going to preach for 14 people is more in need. So you will give most of your resources to him. But your blessing is touching 14 people. But I, because I've already been invited to 20,000 people, you think this brother has already made it in life. So I don't want to give him. And then another person decides to just give a little. Their blessing has touched 20,000 people. They are more blessed than the one that is given to few people. You're not understanding. Because, listen to this. Abraham, after the slaughter of the kings, he goes and he collects spoil. He comes back with natural spoil. Which some of you call salaries or profit. I don't know what you call it in your case. Now, you are coming with your spoil. And on the way, Abraham meets with the king of Salem, Melchizedek. Who is more blessed, Abraham or Melchizedek? It's Melchizedek. Melchizedek does not need Abraham's tithes. But Abraham pays his tithes to Melchizedek. And after that, Melchizedek reveals himself to Abraham. The less is... The things that you are putting your arms around, they are the things that are slowing you down. If you knew where to sow. Hallelujah. Since it's upon me, let me just go ahead. The Bible says, now, the paying of the tithes, the prophet says it protects the rest of your salary or the rest of your money from the devourer. Either way, you are paying your tithes. Let me tell you, you are paying them whether you like it or not. 
if you don't pay them here, the devil is going to take them on your car. You're going to have a breakdown. Your stove is going to die. Watch it. You know what's happening at home. Your iron just blows up. You have to go and buy another. You're paying your tithes. And all of a sudden, F&B, they are angry. Their bank charges will be high on that particular month to compensate. And they don't take 10%. They take 35% of that money. Before you get to month end, you are crying. You are wondering. Am I preaching to some people here? Listen to this. It protects the rest from the devourer. There is no blessing in paying tithes. Because you are not paying to the pastor. You are paying it to God. It's your obligation. God has given you 100%. He says, can I have my 10 back? Do you know Jesus Christ was 33 years? And his ministry was three and a half? He paid a tithe. His ministry was a tithe of his life. Do you know that? It's, I can take you from Genesis through to Revelation and show you even the pattern of the tabernacle, how the Holy of Holies is a tenth of the whole, of the whole tabernacle. It's, it's laid out in everything. But that's not where the blessing is. But that's where the blessing starts. Now, offering, free will offering, that one that we all know that it doesn't go to the pastor. It goes for the feathering of the gospel. That's what the Bible now says, cast your bread upon the waters. Something strange. You put bread on water and water is flowing. Your bread is gone. That's what you think. But it says, don't worry. It shall come back with stock margarine, with cedar cheese. It's going to come back with a little bit of Greek salad. It's going to come back with a fried egg. Hallelujah. That's where your blessing is. And we're not because you are clever. You give. Your, your hands know even that this is 10 rand. Your hands have got eyes. You put them in the pocket, they know this is coins. You give 5 rand. Where the bread is supposed to be battered. Because you are blind. And you think you are spiritual. That's why you see, pastor, they wear big, nice suits and nice shoes. And they've got tattered Bibles. They don't know where to sow their seeds. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen on that one? Imago Dei. Hallelujah. The image of God. Praise be to Jesus. I love love when I speak on these things, you know. Because I know some people get offended. Amen. And as he being the groom. Now listen now. We're talking about the bride she should become. The manifestation. Amen. And he he being the groom. And the bride has to come forth. Because it's part of him. It can only be the manifestation. Of the fulfilling. Of all revelations. And others has spoke of the bride. In other words. The bride should become. The final voice. To the final church age. She's got the final say so. It's not the doctor. It's me. It's the bride. It's you and me. If it does, it, it does something different from the groom, it isn't the bride. Because she is flesh of his flesh. Born of his bone. Life of his life. Power of his power. She is him. Hallelujah. He 
is here. He is here. Not in gymnastics, brother. He is here. Not in fundamentals and shivers in the back. He is here in bright form. The world will never know Jesus until they've known us. Because we are the materialization of who Jesus is. Born of his born. Life of his life. Power of his power. Word of his word. She is him. Hallelujah. Don't look down upon me. I'm a miniature God. I'm a small creator. I am failing all the potentials. She has taken a spirit, the feminine spirit from him, the flesh from his side. That seal, the seal of the bride, manifested in Adam. God has to put Adam through a deep sleep, which is death. God has to put Christ through death so that Adam can be opened on the side. So that the Roman soldier might pierce Jesus on the side to break the seal that veiled the bride. And then he takes out a rib out of him. Another man said, you know, if God had operated Adam with his eyes open, he would have come the following day, all the ribs would be gone. He would have made women of them. That's how much many brothers, some brothers have got last. They wish they didn't have bone, uh, ribs. They had made women of, of every rib. And now he's walking like a serpent. Without. But God purposely put Adam to death first. You've got to die to have a bride. Like Jesus died for his bride. And out of his side came a woman. She was born of his bone. Flesh of his flesh. She was him. That's why Adam said, you shall be called a man with a womb. Woman, womb man. She was a man, but with a womb. Adam could see himself. That's why the Bible says, love your wives the way you love yourself. Because you are the Adam. If you beat here, you're beating yourself. If you scold here, you're scolding yourself. If you ridicule here, you're ridiculing yourself. That's why even when she dresses, she must try to look better, a little bit better than you. Not the brother is the one that is always looking nice. The sister is there, she's carrying the children and all that. No, say, I'm very sorry. I'm, I'm very big on family life. I hammer hard on that one. Family life is important. You want to look all dainty, young, and all that. And you know, sisters, they age quicker than brothers. And you add the burden by making them dress like they are falling off and all those. No, man. Two people are not attracted to the message because you are misrepresenting the message in the way you treat your wife. Do you know there are some women that never had nervous breakdowns until they got married? Blood issues. Start having blood issues because she got married. Because that man is tormenting. The tormentor is a demon in the house. He comes, the only thing that he brings is the daily sun in his hand. No chocolates, nothing. Some demons don't need preaching. Some demons need love. Just love. The prophet told the other brother, just go and take a chocolate and put it on your wife's pillow. Demons were busted by a chocolate. 
And when are you bringing daily sun every day? Come on, brothers. You can do better than that. Huh? She has always been cooking for you. Take her out, you know. Take her out. Buy her something. Do something. Buy her a nice dress. If you don't have money, show her that you're thinking about it. Because it's not always about material things. If you don't have, show her that you're thinking, you're concerned. Sweetie, I saw this shoe. It would look nice on you. And if she's a reasonable woman, she'll say, yeah, but we don't have money now. No, you don't be unreasonable. You're always telling me about these shoes. When are you going to buy? Ah, come on. Support your husband. Remember, remember, if you want to laugh at, at your husband, he's your choice also. He's one of your choices. So if you are laughing at him, you're laughing at yourself. Support him. Go behind cover for his mistakes. Don't embarrass him in public. If the brothers are having a debate there, they say three times seven, he says 40, and the others are saying 35. Don't go now out of the kitchen and say, Where well, now? Listen to other men. Don't do that. You support him. You say, ah, I also thought it was 40. And then later you say, amen of God. Don't you know? Amen. A wise woman, a wise bride can be the head of the house. She will not command, she will just suggest. And as she suggests, she makes it as if it's the husband's idea. You know, my wife has got a way around with these things. I just find myself, even I want to drive, I want to go there. And then, and then when we are going, where you are going, you know, she starts with your direction. And then we just go via, and then you realize, ah, the via has become the main agenda now. You see? But it's how you approach these things. It's how you come to it. Amen? That was just Samaria. Praise God, praise God. Amen. The flesh from inside, we both... Uh, made both mechanics and dynamics. You know, Mfundis, I stopped at this, you know, uh, because certain things were just making me feel good. The flesh from his side made both mechanics and dynamics. Many people think that dynamics is something that's going to come extra from the mechanics. The mechanics are the ones that change and become the dynamics. The prophet says the dynamics of Enoch were in his mechanics. That's why the revival, we have been given the word, which is the Maori rain. The seed that you harvest, the seed that you sow, is the seed that you harvest. So, you thinking that the revival that is going to come is going to be something outside of the word. The revival has got to be a revival of the word. The mechanics and the dynamics, they are both in the flesh. That was given. That's why the word should just, if we arrange the word in a proper form, the revival starts on its own. Because it's the revival of the word. It does not require Brother Tinashe to come with a special gift. I say, I'm bringing a revival to my Emalathen. We're not brother. Bring a revival. No. The word has been planted. Amen. And the word has to produce the revival. Amen. The spirit of him and the flesh of him. And put it together and made mechanics Amen. and dynamics. Amen. Because the preaching of the word must be the ministration 
of the spirit. And what God comes to revive is the word inside of you. He says, until the church of the people, all these Easter bunnies and ceremonies and big churches and finally will fail and pass away. Amen. 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 Let us just close with this, uh, going back to, 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 our, to our scripture. Amen. Sorry, I had forgotten to change this. He says, and let them, male and female, I want you to see bride and groom. This is in Genesis 1.27. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. This scripture must be fulfilled. She must have dominion. Like he had dominion. And I'm glad to say this scripture has been fulfilled. In the members of the bride. But this scripture must also be fulfilled in your very own life. And it's preaching that brings faith. Says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How shall they hear if there is no preacher? How shall they preach if they have not been sent? So there needs be ministers that come and minister these things to us. So number one, it's fish of the sea. Number two, fowls of the air. Number three, cattle. Number four, all of the earth. Number five, everything that creepeth upon the earth. So, want to see it? Fish of the sea. There was a man in this end time. A man restored to the very image of God. A man restored to Imagote. A man restored to who he was. And one day, he went fishing with some brothers. Brother Woods. Lion woods and bank woods. While they were walking, they were talking. And the brother said something that pleased the Lord. And the prophet, the Lord told him, there is going to be a resurrection of a little animal. No vision. Nothing. No vision. But there is going to be a resurrection of a little animal. Hallelujah. Dominion over the sea. Over the fishes of the sea. And while they were fishing, there was a little fish that was fished out. And everything that was with inside of it was taken out. Ah, this little fish reminds me of you and me. While we were in the world, our intestines were outside. While we were in the world, we were lying there lifeless. And the prophet says, it lied there for a space of Half an hour, about half an hour. And when the seventh seal was revealed, there was silence for a space of about half an hour. What was God doing? Revealing dominion. Revealing dominion. Back to sonship. Back to who we are. Back to the image of God. And he said, I said, little fishy, not God. I said 
First pool, thus saith the Lord. Second pool, thus saith the Lord. Third pool, I say. I know who I am. I'm a son of God. I'm a son in position. Hallelujah. I give you your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. I don't care what the doctor said. Little fishy. Do you know that you are little fishy? Because you are a rainbow trout. Hallelujah. We are doing deep sea fishing now. Rainbow trout. I give you your life. Hallelujah. Third pool ministration. Says little fishy tend. Over like that and went swimming. And through the water. Laying there. And his stomach. Stomach pulled out of its mouth. And its its gills. Son in position. Son in dominion. Dominion over the fishes of the sea. The next thing is dominion over the fowls of the air. The things that fly. The things that manipulates and uses the atmosphere. The things that goes and pass around. He was given dominion over everything that flies. And he said, one day I was mowing my lawn. And while I was mowing my lawn, I was... The life of the prophet was the fulfillment of scripture. Genesis 1.26 was fulfilled in William Branham's life. I can be very reckless if you don't say amen. Let me tell you something. The prophet says, Jesus Christ did more in my ministry than he did. Did Jesus create squirrels? No, he never created anything. The prophet says he took substance and he broke substance and multiplied. But he says, in my humble ministry, out of nothing, I said, not thus saith the Lord Jesus, I said, let there be squirrels and there were squirrels. There are squirrels that were created in Genesis when God created the world. But there are squirrels that were created in 1963. Hallelujah! There were squirrels that were created in Jeffersonville by a prophet messenger. A God prophet. Hallelujah! Veiling deity. Veiling Genesis 1.26. Veiling the image of God. The actualization and the continuation of what God wanted to do in the bride. It says, and there were hornets. Now, hornets are different from bees that you think of. Hornets, they are big bees. These, these, they can sting you with one bite. It can knock you off. If they sting you on the veins, they can kill you. So, he says, I saw a nest. And this nest was lying there. He says, and all of a sudden, they left the nest. They were about to swarm and sting me. He says, I could not run. I would not make it. He says, and I stood there. And all of a sudden, a sweet anointing. I believe it's the same anointing that used to come down in the Garden of Eden, in the cool of the day, in the evening time. Hallelujah! Do we have an evening time bride here? In the evening time, that anointing would come down. He says, and I said, I'm sorry. I disturbed you. Just like Adam spoke to animals. He spoke to the hornets. 
I'm sorry now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, you go back to your nest. I won't bother you. And God, who is my solemn judge, Bible, this Bible in here, them hornets wailed around me. I just stood there. They made one single file like that and went right straight back into their nest. Maybe it doesn't excite you. This excites me. This excites me. Single file. They started flying in order. At the commandment of a son of God. Things must go in order. When I speak to something, it mustn't just listen. It must do it orderly. Hallelujah. When I say you must be healed, I don't want you to fall down. I want you to be healed while you are sitting. When I say you must receive your breakthrough, I don't want you to be tormented. I want you to receive your breakthrough while you are in your position. Son in authority over the fowls of the air. Over the kettle. Over the kettle. Students of the prophets, they already know what we are talking about. Hallelujah! Over the kettle. One day I was visiting a brother over on the other side. And while I was going there, he says there was a bull which had a reputation. There was a bull which was, a, which was known to be a killer bull. It had a reputation of killing people. He says, and I walked and I only realized that I'm in that bull's territory when I already was passing. And I just wanted to cross over the fence and go to pray for a brother on the, on the other side. The nature of the bull was to kill. So he did what he knew best. Go after the prophet. And then he stood there. Brother with his hoofs and everything. Preparing to charge. Like you see that one. It's preparing to charge. Preparing to kill. Like it's always done. Like it's always known. And then he said. And I said. I thought that animal, oh, I'm so sorry that I disturbed you. But this is something that wants to kill you. But you're having conversation with it. Uh, you, know, you, need to, you need to do this. You need to talk to your cancer and your heart problem. That migraine, uh, that disease, that problem that wants to kill you. You say, I- I'm sorry, maybe, I don't know, maybe I drank cold water or something. But I'm a daughter of God. I don't know why you are bothering me. I-, I don't know who sent you. I know that's what you do. You kill people. Cancer, that's what you do. HIV, that's what you do. It's your duty to kill people. That's why you're called HIV and AIDS. But, but there's a problem. I'm a daughter of God. I'm a son of God. And there's a rapture that I need to go to. I don't want to die. Uh, maybe some of you want to. I don't want to die. 
while I look at the promise of the rapture, I don't want to die. Paul says some will die. But we which remain. Paul did not believe he was going to die. But we which remain shall be changed. He says, I, 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 don't, I don't want you to kill me <laughs> because I'm a servant of God. I'm on my way to pray for some sick people and I got about those signs and I was talking just as I am now. But there was something another happened. That sweet anointing. That sweet atmosphere. He says, I wasn't scared of him. I was no more afraid of that bull than I would be my brother. He wasn't scared. In the face of adversity, in the face of death, when a son has been restored to Genesis, he's got power and dominion over everything. The next thing, dominion over all the earth. Over all the earth. One day, Brother Branham, he was uh, hunting with the brothers. And uh, while they were hunting, Brother Evans and them, Brother Bengsuds was also there. Uh, Brother Bila was also there. And the prophet says, while we were in the woods, uh, a voice came to me. But before the voice came to him, he says, the radio station said, was giving an announcement for two days that there is a blizzard, a storm blizzard that was coming. And it was going to cover everything. He says, those that know the blizzard, in 20 minutes time, everything would be covered and you can't even see your hands. He says, and while I was in there, there was a voice that spoke. And he said, I'm the God that created the heavens and the earth. He said, I lifted up my head and I thought, maybe it's the wind that's blowing. He says, I am the God that spoke the earth into creation. You speak what you need to be done with this storm and it shall be done. He says, and I said, storm you seize and sun you shine normally for four days till we are out of here. And I no more than said it until the sleet snow and everything stopped. And in a moment or two, the hot sun was shining on my back. I seen the winds blowing in like this. I haven't believed the message of a man. If a man can do this, give them my address. Because God is the only one that can have dominion over the storm, over the snow, over the sun. Ah, Maybe you don't realize how many things have been spoken to here. He is speaking to everything that surrounds him. He is creating a world conducive for his hunting. He is creating a world conducive for the purposes. Why they went there? I'm going to stop at exactly o'clock. I've got five minutes. Four minutes. Listen to this. And every little thing that creepeth in the message of grace, the prophet is giving an explanation of how he's created squirrels for the second time. And while he's speaking about the creation of squirrels for the second time, 
he says, uh, when God said you can speak them squirrels into existence, he says, and then I realized that uh, I was in a very bad mosquito area. Uh, I realized that there were little things, you know, that were creeping around. Uh, there were, it says, and, and these things would come and, you know, come on your face and come everything. Uh, there are things that come in your life. The mosquitoes, you know the mosquitoes of your life. The mosquitoes that bother you. Everyone has got mosquitoes. Don't look at me with this holistic face that like you. Your house might not have literal mosquitoes. But your life has got mosquitoes. Parasites. Creeping things. So he's being given a commission to speak squirrels into existence. He says, I said, just as I did the other time, the limit. And then I said, I shall have this limit before 10 o'clock. Now he's putting time to the factor of what God has given him ability to speak. He's not been told to speak them by 10 o'clock. He said, no, since, since I'm in the atmosphere of creation, since I'm in the... You know, sometimes you don't know how to take advantage of the atmosphere. We say, ask what you need from God, and then we start asking for things, and you know. I could say things about that. Ask for a loaf of bread. What about the bakery? The prophet says, God is unlimited. He says, and strange as it seems, just then I was in a very bad mosquito area. You know, he's starting to get affected. I don't want to speak my squirrels in the midst of mosquitoes. You know, I don't want to speak my blessing in the midst of some other troubles. So I want the ground to be cleared. When it was infested with mosquitoes and kind of swampland, and a great big mosquito came to bite me right by the eye. And I said, not one of them. <laughs> We will bother me this day. He said no repellent or anything. I had to cut the quotation. But he says not even one bothered him. He says and down the line I had a little buzzing and I thought there goes one. You know what he was going to do? He was going to speak it out of existence. So he says, I heard a buzzing. I thought, there goes one. He says, and I listened closely. And then I realized it was a truck that was passing by the highway. It was not a mosquito. Hallelujah. Whatever has been bothering you, God has set you free. Whatever has had you bound, God has set you free. This is the true Easter. The image of God being formed in our persons. Amen. The person that you used to know, it's not the same anymore. Something has happened to me. He is risen in you and me. Let's stand upon our feet. And give God all the glory. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. A round of applause. How many were blessed this morning? Amen. Amen. Just a round of applause for the word of God.
Amen. I'm thankful for the word of the Lord. Amen. God bless you, uh, Brother Tinashe. It was awesome. Masterpiece. Amen. Goodness, you said a lot of things. I don't want to spoil the message. All I can say, we really thank God for everything. Amen. The the Genesis uh, chapter 1 that the men uh, will have dominion. I never saw it like that. Beautiful inspiration. Amen. Just bringing the message. No wonder the prophet said, if I had time. I will show you the seventh seal from the book of of Genesis. Beautiful. Amen. How many thank God for such a beautiful Easter weekend? I think it deserves to be praised. Amen. So a promiscuous man is a replaced man. Right. Amen. Did you hear that? A man that just sees every woman as his wife is a replaced man. And he walks like a serpent. All right. Beautiful stuff. And we, we got to learn English as you moved right along. Uh, as you made a promise that you will, will grasp some new ways. Uh, spiritually, we are richer vocabulary we are richer amen because God is developing us on so many levels amen we had a teacher when there's a teacher that made us to be very obsessed with English and said to us kids don't just come to me and say I'm going to the restroom and he said there's a better way to say it because he was teaching us English, he wanted us to impress other teachers that were teaching us different subjects. So we would go to an accounting teacher because of the way we were taught and say, teacher, let me initiate the locomotion to the sanitary place. <laughs> Amen. God bless you, Brother Tinashe. It has been wonderful to have you here. And God bless you, Sister Mahere, and the sister-in-law. God bless you richly. Amen. How many appreciate Brother Chinashi? Amen. I was telling them last week that they must have a Zimbabwean friend. Yeah. Amen. Everyone needs a Zimbabwean friend. Amen. God bless you richly. I don't know for what song do we have, Brother Skosi. We are about to wrap up a convention. I, I just want us to worship him. Brother Bram says, after the seals were opened, and after the seven church ages, and after the seven vows, it was a time to worship. I think let, let's just go into a mode of worship. How many believe it's God's man's duty to worship God? It was what he was created for. The core reason for our existence is to worship God. And after we've heard the kind of things, I mean, would you imagine what if we did not have a prophet 
how would this weekend have been like? What would we have said over the weekend? We're going to say a bunch of gibberish. But because there was a man sent from God, we are tapping into his messages and we bring these golden nuggets to feed the eaglets. Ah, we really thank God with William Brenham. We really thank God for Malachi 4. Amen. Let's, let's just worship him. I am redeemed, but with the price, Jesus has changed my life. I'm going to interrupt you a bit, Sister Refenzi, if you can just step to the fore. She as well says, over this weekend, God has changed my life. And as we sing, if there is anyone that wants to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you are most welcome to come to the fore as well. You cannot come to the convention as a sinner. And go back home as a sinner. Yes, sir. There's got to be a change after things that we have had. Amen. How many agree with that? That's right, sir. I'm just giving an opportunity for everyone who are opening an opportunity for anyone that does not know him as their personal savior Amen. to advance to the fore so that we can show you this heavenly path Amen. and you can hear us in another system. If you can stand there and face the church, stand there and face the church. Amen. We will be singing if, if, if there is one, the door is open. I, I think it is responsible that before we close, we open the door for anyone. Amen. Come with it. I am redeemed. The price Jesus has saved my whole life. With our eyes closed. Oh, if anybody We are just worshiping God. Just Don't go back home as a sinner. I am redeemed. Yes. Oh God, my Jesus has changed. He will change your whole life. If anyone asks you, Just tell them Take us up 
singing a song after the Sunday service and but there was just a strange thing that Sister Rifense was just sitting in front and there was a sister that came up and she said that she wanted to get baptized and uh, I, I just felt that she wanted to but just somehow she didn't and I made it my duty after church and I said that I'll go up to her and I need to tell her that God's calling her and she needs to get baptized and I said I'll, I'll get wife prepared and we'll just go and speak to her and I need to tell her and then when it got to the service after that and I, I just looked and I just thought let me just get wife and then so happens we just got caught up and but I was just feeling so condemned in my heart that I didn't do that and but I just held it in my heart and then the strangest thing happened last night it 
wife brought up the sister and she said you know what god's dealing with the sister and i said you know what sweetheart just about a week ago god told me to go up to her and tell her that she shouldn't wait and uh, we just spoke about it last night and and then it just left and then this morning as we just drove up to the driveway and there's the very same sister that was on my heart and i i said let me go up to her and and, and speak to her and uh, so i just went and i greeted her and i just said god bless you sister and i just i just somehow just it was just quick it was just a greeting just felt condemned again and there the very same sister this morning picks up her hand and says she wants to give her heart to the lord amen we just want to give god the glory amen one sense amen i'm just glad that i maybe didn't go didn't want to put the pressure on her but what god is saying that he was calling amen and we just so thankful to him this amen this this morning amen that the last call amen the prophet even said that last one coming in amen we just know it's rapture season we can see how the maturity of even the word that has come this morning amen to bring us to such a position amen that the little ones amen just come up and receive the the faith of the rapture that they need just to escape and and get on the other side amen and we just see how the lord is calling this morning amen and we just want to bow our heads we just want to take heed of the 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 the, the grace of god calling us calling the sisters amen and we just want to say also lord we acknowledge also lord uh, that maybe we just need to take a step higher amen and just a, a rededication amen and if there's some that need to get baptized and and and, and times running out amen we just want to also just remember them in prayer that they would make a decision amen quick amen for it's a short quick work lady osia the 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 shortest age amen how close we are amen we just want to bow our heads and say heavenly father gracious god you work in such a wonderful way dear lord jesus how you allowed father words of life dear god to come lord through this easter weekend dear father god uh, at the image of god father lord jesus just being materialized this morning father god when lord sinners father the most supernatural thing yet your prophet would say lord that was more even miraculous he says than the virgin birth dear god when a seed of god is quickened father and it comes lord to being born again father and we see that happening this morning dear lord jesus so the proof of the resurrection father the easter seal dear lord jesus as father lord manifested this morning dear lord the book is open dear lord jesus many thought lord the final product lord with the with the books and the tapes father but not realizing there this morning dear lord jesus you rejoicing father the angels are rejoicing dear lord because lord the book has been come in plain view dear lord your bride materialized father the word made flesh father and dear god we just pray father oh dear lord that you just continue the good work father and and word bank lord jesus as a whole church father 
and even brother mother tinashe dear god and the rest of the dedicated lord saints that came and 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 broke bread dear lord and yielded himself father god to the need of the church this morning father we just want to salute them we want to salute you dear god and just father god thank you dear lord for making a way father this morning dear lord bless the children of god father those that are traveling and those that are going to travel dear lord jesus and go back dear lord back into lady osia dear lord jesus may you just allow that anointing to overflow father god into their families into their workplaces father into their communities father dear lord jesus by that they will give worship unto you worship we believe in and picking up our hands father we believe in shouting dear lord we believe in that dear lord but true worship is a holy life father a dedicated life father after the convention dear lord jesus undertake for them bless them dear lord bless the pastor of the assembly dear lord jesus father and the weeks to come father the, the the time that we have left on earth dear lord jesus help us to live it lord 100% dedicated consecrated dear lord to the way the provided way of this hour in a message through a prophet dear god jesus christ the same yesterday today and forever father may you bless us may you be with us this morning that bless the rest of the day dear god and what you have dear lord jesus prepared for us we just want to say thank you dear god in the name of jesus christ we pray amen Amen. We thank God for everything. Sister Zanel and Sister Lengiwe traveled very well. It was good to have you this side of town. Um, and God bless you richly. I see some believers from Pastor Devil's Assembly. It was great to see uh, many of you around here. God bless you richly. Amen. We would not have the midweek service. We'll restart our service in the coming Sunday. Uh, however, though, uh, we need to on Wednesday. This is our messages that we need to listen to in our homes. Who? What is the attitude? Attitude, and who is God? Hallelujah. Attitude and who is God. That is our message that we will listen in our homes between seven and half past eight on Wednesday. Are we together? And then if you feel you would want to invite any family to join up with you, you are most welcome to feel so. If you want to say to another family, we are coming to your house uh, to listen with you, you can approach them. Are we together? Are we together, folks? Amen. Uh, we want the voice of the prophet to be restored in our households. Are we together? You remember when they ate the lamb? If it was too big for them, they had to invite their neighbors. Same thing on Wednesday. If there is a family that you would want to join up with, approach them, go and listen to the wait with them, and it will be wonderful. Uh, the messages are available in the library. Immediately after the service, you can go and pick up the CD of that message. The, it's available. It's ready for you.
you can go and see the librarians in the library they will give it to you on Thursday again we'll listen to the tape Zacchaeus the businessman preached Was it 1963, 1965? On Jan- 1963, in January the 21st. Yes, 21st Jan, 1963. That will be the message for Thursday. Are we together? Wednesday is Who is God? The uh, attitude and Who is God? That is the only title that Brother Branham ever preached. Zacchaeus, the businessman. The reason we say that is because there were so many titles. Uh, the date that he preached, it was the 21st Jan, uh, 1963. All those two messages will be on a CD. You can pick it up there, prepared for you, so that we can enjoy those messages during the week. Are we together? I'm not sure. You can check uh, the library. If maybe uh, on those Zulu ones, if we've got anything on those messages, they can make a CD available to you, but they will borrow you. You need to return it back uh, where it's interpreted if it is available. Are we going to do that? How many love the voice of the prophet in their household? It's refreshing to listen to that voice. Never ever outgrow that voice. And never ever get used to that voice. As we heard Brother Tinyasi saying, it is the voice of God. And God took the lips of William Brenham to bring this message. Amen. A round of applause. God bless you, sisters. You can take your seats. Amen. They will help you and baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm. Just one last song. There's a brother that wanted to be baptized. We are observing him. He said he will be back next week. Brother Slangu will observe. May God continue to work on his heart so that he gets baptized. Amen. So he said, I'm coming next week to be baptized, and we just want to commit that soul to the hand of the Almighty God. Amen. Uh, Just give us a song, and then thereafter you are dismissed. Just turn around and see your neighbor. It was great seeing you in this convention. On that note, have a blessed and victorious week.
Amen. Yeah. 